Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me this, uh, Brennan Escott. You're, you're doing the Alts pregame the other night. Did I hear A.J. Jakubik out of uh, TSN Toronto correctly? What did he say exactly about the uh, Edmonton Elks? Yeah, TSN Ottawa. He uh, he said that uh, they, he believed they were the worst team in the league heading into that game on, uh, on Friday night. Uh-huh. Do you know which team's only won one game in the CFL this year? Well, it's still Ottawa. Still Ottawa. Well, time tells all truths. We've we've used that line before. We're going to bring aboard uh, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payment, no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Last Wednesday, we were talking about Nazem Kadri with our next guest, John Shannon. Hi, John. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Good? Good. Uh, New York Islanders, a week ago, you were... I'm kind of thinking, did you did you see Nazem Kadri going to Calgary, John? Did well, that did I, that I decision surprise was... you? Did we lose John? Yep, for a moment. There, now we got him. Go ahead, John. What's yeah, it didn't surprise me um, because Brad. It sounds like Brad Treliving was able to clear the cap space before Lou was. Yeah. And, uh, and in the end, that's what it became. It became a, an exercise in uh, maintaining your cap position. And so with the, uh, the price of the Monaghan contract being taken by Montreal to be a first-round pick in 2025, um, Lou was unable to, to match that or was, was willing to match that from the perspective of uh, of what the Islanders needed to do, obviously. Well, you got to give Brad Trilliving credit. I mean... Oh. You you lose Johnny Goodrow to free agency. Then Matthew Kachuk tells you that he's not going to sign long-term. And the Flames' response, courtesy of Trey Living, was to acquire the guy that tied Hubert over, or for, uh, sorry, t- tied Goodrow for second in scoring with 115 points in Jonathan Huberto and pick up Mackenzie Weger, who's a way better puck-moving defenseman than Eric Branson. And then he turns around and brings in Nazem Kadri. Like, I think the Flames are better, John. What about you? I do think they're a little bit better. Uh, you know, you know. We on our podcast today, we we had the discussion. Uh, would you trade? No, we lost John again. Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberdeau, and Nazem Kadri for Matthew Kachuk and and. 
Okay, can you get them off the? Uh, let's. We'll have to switch. We're gonna have to get them on a phone line here. Yeah. Just, agreed. just, just, just hang on one second, because uh, he keeps bouncing in. Oh, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, and that's. Uh, <laughs> what is it? All right. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, please tell John Shannon to change the park bench for better reception. Again, it's uh, basically on an ISDN uh, caliber line. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, what does it? What does it mean? It doesn't surprise John Shannon. John's the same one that was saying on your radio show just days before it happened that there's no way it was going to happen, period. So that's a perspective that's out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, things move, you know. Situations are fluid. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Keep it coming. Uh, Bob, sounds like John is in a laundromat. I don't think so. I don't think he's in a laundromat. I'm not sure where he is. Keep, keep the text coming, though. It's uh, keeping us honest. We are going to circle back. A lot of you, by the way, have jumped in on the Patrick Kane conversation. And for the record, yeah. Uh, Bob Hodgie has texted us, and we'll get to John Shannon to comment on this momentarily. Actually, we're going to go to it a little bit later on. All right, let's uh, try circling back. We have John on a regular phone line. John, do we have you? Yep. Yeah, right here. All right, here we go. Uh, you just to confirm, you are not in a laundromat. People are texting us to say you sound like you're in a laundromat today, not on a park bench. Yes, hilarious. Yes, People hilarious. Are hilarious. Uh, and they're busting you. They're busting you for saying that there was no way he was going to end up in Calgary when he ends up in Calgary. Yeah, you know, and and they have every right to do so. Yeah. Uh, you know, but from what I was told and what I believed, uh, there was going to be uh, the same. Uh, type of deal put in place for the Islanders uh, yep. to move money out and to sign Kadri. And as I said earlier, obviously that didn't happen. And Brad was able to move the money out faster uh, than, than Lou did and, and get Kadri signed. That's what it was all about. All right, let's do this. I want to get your thought. I'm going to read you a text. So we've talked about Patrick Kane in this, uh, you know, this escalating. What's the, you know, both teams are, you know, building up the nuclear warheads here for the Battle of Alberta, and it's going to be awesome. So Haji has texted the show to say, Bob, Patrick Kane is the only rental as he would likely only be an order for one year, that I think the Oilers should give up uh, their own first-round pick for. That being said, I try to negotiate the 2024 first over the 23, even if it meant offering the 2024 first unprotected. There's just so much potential in next year's draft to not have a first-round pick. I would, however, trade the first for a player uh, with more term. That one comes to us from Haji. So, John, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Haji. Like, if you're going to move the first in 2023 or first round, I love the fact that the Oilers have got their last four number ones in their organization. I don't want to trade Borgo because I think he eventually does play in the top six on the right side. Um, where's your appetite for Patrick Kane personally? And what do you think the appetite should be from the Edmonton Oilers? Well, first of all, the appetite has to be whether Patrick Kane wants to come to Edmonton or not. It's not up to Kyle Davidson. It's up to, up to Patrick Kane if he wants to be traded. Uh, so that's the first issue. Um, the second issue is is I, I'm I'm one of those guys uh, that doesn't trade first round picks. I, I just don't think you even if it's a low pick, as our expectation is, it will be a a 25 or lower 25 to 32 pick for the Oilers, uh, hopefully in 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 years to come. 
you know, if you think if you think that their Oilers are that close to the Stanley Cup, is Patrick? Does Patrick Kane put you over the top? My, my thought process would be uh, a defenseman rather than another forward. Goal scoring is not going to be the problem for this hockey club. Uh, the, 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 this is, the issue for this hockey club will be, as it has been for the last couple of years, is how you keep the puck out of the net at key times. For the most part, they've done a pretty good job. Jack Campbell's going to address some of those issues. But I still think they need another defenseman before they need another forward. John, there's lots of people that have texted the show who, though they love the concept of Kane, they agree with you. They think the team, if they're going to spend an asset, that asset needs to be spent on improving yeah. the defense. Uh, I, re- I really, uh, you know, and, and what I do wonder, though, uh, uh, Bob, since our conversation last Wednesday, what I do wonder is, um, does does the Cadre signing accelerate something that Ken feels he has to do? Is there another shoe to drop between now and camp? Uh, because we know that there are teams that are still going to be willing to deal, still going to be willing to get under the 82-5 cap, because right now, as, as everybody knows, you can be over. And I think there are, by my count, 11 teams still over uh, at this point. So from, from in that perspective and the pressure of what Brad has done, does that mean Ken has to do something? Yeah, well, I I think both organizations are going to continue to take some swings here between now and the, when, by the time the trade deadline's cleared. I'm just saying, if you're going to go invest in a, you know a significant asset to get Kane, go get it right now. Do it right now. Go get it. And yeah, I, 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 and and I, I'm not. I I don't believe in. I don't believe in uh, one year rentals for a first round pick. I really don't. Okay. I, I, I just don't. I just that's that's not that's not good business. Even for a star player. Well, again, if the start, if if Patrick Kane um, was a defenseman, I might think differently. Yeah. But what's Patrick Kane? So if Patrick Kane comes in and scores goals, the difference between the the amount of goals he's going to score and the guy he replaced, what's what's that number going to be? You know, they, they, goal scoring is not a problem for this hockey club, particularly with since the acquisition of the other Kane. Yeah. You know, that entirely fair, entirely, the problem. Yeah, entirely fair perspective to have. Uh, John Shannon joining us for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on uh, Oilers Now. I, I wonder whether or not there will be a resolution uh, between now and October 12th for Yes, Pugliarvi. What do you think the chances are he starts the season as an Edmonton Oiler, John? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I'm surprised as of today that he still is an Oiler. I had been told all along that there was, you know, a, a, not only a desire to, to move him, but they, they thought that even if he had signed his arbitration deal and negotiate the deal, uh, that he would be more attractive to teams. You know, there there really has been a lull, Bob. I mean, that's why the, the Cadre deal last week was a bit of a shock. There has been a lull as people take some time away from the game to recalibrate and re-energize. Uh, and now that uh, most of the arbitration hearings are done, most of the buyouts are done, I, I fully believe before before camps start in mid to late just September, we're going to uh, we're going to see some more deals done and, and some more signings made. Yeah, and again, the way this would work theoretically, 
because Patrick Kane is a $10.5 million cap hit, but there's only $2.9 million in real dollars left. So hypothetically, if you were to acquire him from day one, Chicago would need to eat half the cap hit, which would be 5.25. You would then have to find another team to broker a, uh, the half of the 5.25 left. That's right. That gets you down to like $2.7 million for the sake of argument, $2.65 million. Yeah. Basically, the price of either Pugliarvi, or Fogel. And right. it'd be at least uh, a 2023 number one. And that Pro- is still assuming that, that the, the Oilers are still prepared to live in LTIR with Clefbaum and Smith, well, right? Well, they're going to be. That's a, it's a yeah, fate of conflict well, so, that's going to so the, Then the question becomes is how much of it do you want to be in? That, I, and I, 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 do think, I, I do think that is something you have to consider and think about. Uh, I think you have to consider. You 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 lose flexibility, though. You you lose such flexibility when you're that tight or over the cap. They're going to be, for this year, they're just going to have to be in it. That's all there is to it. It'll be way. I mean, both Clefbaum and Smith Steels are up next offseason, as is the money for Sekra and Lucic, which is another $2.25 million combined that comes off the books. And by that point, you'll have to pay Bouchard. And Dobson got three years at $4 million today. And Jeff Jackson sitting there representing Bouchard going, come on. Lou got a good deal there. And again, I, I think there might be some agents when they see the deal that Doc ends up coming in on Montreal with. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Doc's going to do a solid for the Canadians too because he wants a fresh start and wants it going as well. John Shannon joining us right now. So probably a four- or five-piece deal for me, John, and make no mistake, I think you have to contemplate looking at it. I, I'm, I realize that there's concern on defense. Um you have not one but two defense coaches now on the uh, on the coaching staff between Dave Manson and Mark Stewart. Dave Manson has lots of history with some of the guys coming up, including Nima Leinen, DeHarnay, uh, and Sam Rukov. Right. That being said, if they were to make a deal with Chicago for Kane, I would assume that one of those guys would be going in that deal. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. John, the World Juniors wrapped up in Edmonton on Saturday. Um, I know that Mike Russo uh, put a somewhat contentious tweet out. You know, the, the attendance is embarrassing. There, there was a confluence of events here that undermined the success from a, an attendance perspective in the summer in Edmonton. Uh, extended Oilers playoff run, record-setting weather, peep, uh, an August tournament, uh, the Hockey Canada thing, price point, even though there were multiple price points to be in the venue. Uh, but p- there, there's a couple things people need to understand when hosting. There's an expectation when the World Juniors are in Canada for the IIHF that they make money off the ones in Canada. That's not like that wherever, not necessarily where they go to other events in the world, is it? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fair. Uh, but let's face it, the, the, you know, this. when you talk about confluence, the, the other thing you didn't mention was this tournament wasn't even supposed to happen. This tournament was supposed to be last December in January uh, and, got, and it got cancelled because of COVID. Uh, this was not an issue that the IIHF and Hockey Canada, were, you know, expected to address until they made the decision uh, in what March yeah. that they needed to honor the the the, uh, the commitment to the 18-year-olds to play in a tournament. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be near as successful as Christmas time. That was a reality, um, and then with uh, and and therefore the price points did not change. And I, I do think price point was a huge factor. 
Um, uh, but you know, and and then on top of that, they, they you know the scandal at Hockey Canada r- really put a pall on everything. So uh, it, it, under the circumstances, I, I think what we saw Saturday, Bob, with almost fourteen thousand people in the building gave you an indication that people are still hockey fans out there. People are still willing to come to games. Uh, and that, that to me, was a, a, a big that – was, that was a positive message at a time with a big black cloud over the game right now and over the tournament. Uh, so I, I feel a bit better today about where this is going, particularly for Halifax, than I did last week. Well, Halifax is going to – I mean, they're going to play the tournament in the normal time in Halifax. They don't have an NHL team that went three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, there's a couple factors there. Yeah, I, I would I would say that I, I would say that uh, you know the, the the tournament got positioned in Edmonton again to honor the contract of Christmas, but it's also a salute that the fact is a real belief that hockey fans at Ed, in Alberta are hockey fans. Period. They are. You know when you consider that the Halinka tournament was the week before in Red Deer and and you know the and Merrick Sutter and the guys in Red Deer did a hell of a job with that. Uh, so, so the whole concept of, uh, in many ways, Alberta being the the hotbed of hockey in our country right now, uh, I think is 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 quite positive. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, I was tired of hockey, Bob. You know, I love the game. I work in the game. The game has paid many bills in my house. But I was tired of hockey. And if I'm tired of hockey, the regular Joe must be tired of hockey. Well, uh, and some of the quote-unquote regular Joes and Jills, they they put out, uh, you know, some money uh, during that playoff run. And those were not inexpensive tickets. And maybe that contributed a bit to maybe not having the requisite funds. And, and I mean, there's others. I mean, people wanting to travel. I mean, you mm-hmm. you have people. Oh, I'm making a moral judgment that I'm not going to support this tournament. But deep down inside, part of the reason why they there are a few people out there that you know maybe even had an opportunity to work the tournament that didn't want to work because they also had some. Like I scheduled my holidays this year around being here for the World Juniors. As you know, John, I snuck down there for four or five of the games, but. Yeah. Uh, never got accredited. Just was sort of, you know, in the in the stands or in the loge because of uh, a setup that we had created. But nonetheless, I mean, to each his own. I just I thought the fans were awesome on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, it was electrifying. I thought Canada was lucky. <laughs> well, hey, you know, if this tournament had been at Christmas with the two million people or the five million people that watch it. The play by Mason McTavish on the goal line yeah. would would be one for the ages, right? Absolutely, it, it would be up there with John Slaney's goal, yeah, or Jordan Eberle's. Jordan Eberle's, yeah. No, it's, so I mean it was an overtime three on three goal. in a gold medal game. Doesn't get much bigger than that. It was, no, you're right. So I mean, again, several factors um, sort of all coming together and still monitoring. An ongoing story involving Hockey Canada that is not at all pleasant. So nope. uh, we'll continue uh, down that path. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Have you done any more investigation into these NCAA uh, uh, television deals that are just uh, wow, they're crazy. It's nuts, John. Uh, well, and now it money? looks like Oregon wants to join the Big Ten. Huh? You see that? Yeah. So that will even change the Big Ten deal even more. 
because you have to wonder if there's more money in the pot if, well, who's if another if another elite university joins joins the Big Ten. So it's just crazy. Hey, by the way, I, I, right off the top, you're talking about AJ Jackovic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually listened to the game on, on Ottawa radio on Friday night just for a while, just in my car. Um, but you know what? I, I'm of the ilk of the CFL that I almost measured the hatred of the franchises in the CFL, not by the players, but by their play-by-play guys over the years. You know, you, you used to be able to identify every team in the CFL by the guy who did their radio because they'd end up being on the pregame show and the postgame show of the of the visiting team. And and they would stir the pot. Your pal, my pal, Brian Hall, did nothing better than it was the best at it in the CFL for decades of just stirring the pot. You know, Jack Matheson, Jimmy's dad, did the same thing in Winnipeg. Eric Bishop did the same thing in Calgary. You know, it was, was the guy in Vancouver that Halsey used to go on the show with all the time and used to drive everybody out in BC nuts. Uh, well, I mean, listen, there was a, I mean, Brian transcended a ton of guys. Jim Cox was the longtime play-by-play guy, but Al Davidson, Brian Hall and Al David, Al Davidson was, was, he was, he was the key guy. Al Davidson and Brian Hall, the arguments they would have on a Lions Eskimos pregame show were epic. And they were, they were worth their dollars. And Brian Hall, it's, I'll tell you what, it's one of the reasons why when I came to Edmonton to do television, and do Oilers and do post-game shows on the Oilers Euler shows that we got Brian on is because I hated him so much I thought he'd be great. And you know what? He was great for us in those early years on ITV when we had a, a post-game show every Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, I know that there was a guy out in Vancouver that had a very interesting euphemism to describe Fedor Fedorov one time to Brian Burke. <laughs> we can't even tell the story on the air, but it is no. uh, McCray. Was it Neil McCray? Neil McCray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Neil McCray. The late Neil McCray. He was, again, he was out of that ilk, too. Davidson and McCray, Brian Hall, Kenny Newins, so, Eric Bishop. So A.J. Jakovic is going down that path is what you're saying. A.J. Jakovic's the modern day trying to stir the pot, you know, gaslight everybody, have a good time. You don't have to do that anymore? Uh, you're allowed to do that. Of course you are on radio. You can have fun. Have fun. You know, what, what do you think the WWE is all about? That's all it is. Good old-fashioned hype. Come on. We need more in the CFL. John, this text comes in from George. Your guests make uh, make you better. Stop interrupting. Trying to beat them into submission to your opinion. <laughs> that comes to us from George. Hey, hey, George, it's okay. I don't mind. Bob hates to have his opinions. I could, I just love to tell him he's wrong. So hear it all the time. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. Take care. All right. Have a good week. Yeah. Uh, it is twelve fifty six. Damaging. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll take a ninety second break. Come back with a quick text. 1258 Edmonton guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you a quick text uh, at 7804960063. Where did it go? It's about everybody's favorite player. Boy, people love this guy, and I don't know how much they've actually seen the guy play. Where did it go? Uh, this Landon says, Bob, uh, why not use the assets you're suggesting you'd move for Kane and use the same assets to get Chikrin? 
How many people have actually seen Chikram play that much? Like, he, he's $4.6 million for the next three years. Some others are suggesting the Oilers should trade Evan Bouchard for him. No. No. Chikram had a tough season last year. They want a ton for him. No. But I get the, I get the sentiment, because you're looking at it going, hey, you got him for three years. I just see the Oilers, and, and they're not going to trade Barry for him. Arizona. They're, they're looking for four or five assets. Just keep that in mind. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Back. Jack Michaels from Pennsylvania. When we return on Oilers now.